What's up, nerds? Welcome to episode eight of The Bandwagon Fan. This is the show where we talk all things pop culture. I'm Alex. I'm AJ. And I'm Josh. Let's start nerding out together by checking out some of the latest news. And gents, the first thing, how are you? Alex is, uh, Alex, you can go first. Do we really want to tell everyone? Yes. No, I'm, uh, I'm better. I've had the stomach flu for the past few days. Um, but today, today is a new day and I feel much better. I managed to walk about a quarter of a mile and eat one cup, no, half a cup of rice. And, you know, (laughs) I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I would recommend the, the rice diet. It's you're, really uh, good for you. You're pulling through for our listeners, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I uh, I literally literally got out of bed to pull uh, through for the listeners. What, what kind of rice was it? Minute rice, or did you make your own rice? I at least made it. I can't Ooh. do instant rice. Like, okay. I got I got jasmine rice. Yeah, um, it's good rice. Uh, ever since I like learned how to make rice, um, unfortunately, late in my life, I think mm-hmm. it was like college, but uh, uh, it was late, you know, but I, I can't eat instant rice anymore. It's just disgusting. For so any of our I, listeners, uh, oh, good, good. I was going to say for any of our listeners, invest in a good rice cooker. I promise you. Oh, for sure. You'll thank me later. Okay. I don't have one, but I want one. Oh, it's worth it. One, I, and I, I cook a lot of rice. Skip yeah, the whole see, boiling tactic. Yeah, the boiling right. thing. That is that is that's days of futures past. Okay, like we're in the future now, and you got to use a rice cooker, bro. And don't measure your rice. You got to no, do it. No. You got to do it tradi- traditional style. You <laughs> just pour some water in there. Yeah, oh, you dip yeah. your finger yeah. in. Finger in there. Eyeball it. Yeah, like, gonna, this is the only way to do what? it. Josh. That's going to be a Christmas gift. That's going to be your Christmas gift. A rice cooker. Rice cooker. All right. Yeah. Or if any listener wants to get me one too, I'd be fine oh, with yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. We take but, donuts. Uh, all, all this is, uh, <laughs> if you're listening, don't feel guilty at all that Alex is sick, but he's still recording. So maybe you should listen to the end. Just saying. Oh, yeah. See? See? see. But uh, we're, we're glad you're here, Alex. AJ, uh, how you doing? Uh, I'm great, man. I'm great. Yeah. I'm awake. I'm here. Um, I'm alive. From, uh, uh, from from the tacos you ate, right? Uh, yeah, from the tacos. Made some ta- made some video tacos earlier. Um, nice. I feel bad for all my people in the Midwest and the East Coast. You guys are going through a snowstorm. Hashtag can't relate. Yeah, can't relate. Can't relate to that. Uh, well, I'm I, dealing yeah. with three foot waves from a supposed tsunami or <laughs> tsunami that's gonna hit LA. Um, I, oh, you know it's so crazy. I was just watching a TikTok about these uh, guys in Australia. They're like, they're like watching the news, seeing about the tsunami, and then they go outside and ride the waves. I'm like, these people are crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that. But like, thankfully, the waves have been very, very, very small here. <laughs> well, well, glad you guys are both all right. I'm, I'm the same as you, AJ. I'm you? here. I, I'm yeah. here. Yeah, but uh, right. trying to stay healthy. Hopefully, if you're listening, you're staying healthy too. Yeah. Um, uh, take care of ourselves and each other in this new year. It's 2022. And, uh, stay healthy and stay sexy. That's oh, uh, that's and hydrated. And hydrated. I, I can never not do the second one. Uh, the yeah. third one's optional, though. Right. Yeah. But uh, going into the news uh, of pop culture, did you guys hear what happened at Image Comics? No. Uh, I heard a little bit, but not a lot. So what some of you may not know is most comic book companies do not have unions. So if you Mm. work for DC or you work for Marvel, we talked about this in our C2E2 episode. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you're not even an employee. You're just considered work for hire. 
Image Comics is the first comic company where they formed a union. And what's very unique about them is Image creators are employees. You own all of your stuff. So, so I, learned, I, is, learned, I learned recently that some people don't know what a union is. So do you want to explain? Really? Yes. Yes. I was explaining this to okay. someone. They didn't, they didn't really understand what a union was. So explain, explain to our listeners what, what exactly is a union? Like, how does it work? Wow. That's like explaining like what's air. That, anyway, it is weird. But it it's, is. But it made, so all those things is like it I take sense. for granted. Yeah. Um, okay. So a union is, it's a group that will represent your interest at your workplace probably the simplest way I could put it. Right. And people have different views on, on if unions are good or bad. You know, it's a, it's been a, a long time debate, um, especially like in the U.S., like unions were seen as kind of like villainous when, in fact, they were fighting for workers' rights. Fast forward, and that's, in my opinion, it's changed a little bit. But overall, I, I do, I do um, see the value in them. And so at Image, again, creators aren't employees you own your work and image just distributes for you i believe image only has about 18 employees and out of those employees um very recently a few of them i believe it was nine were eligible to vote on if they wanted to unionize or not and it did pass so they created it's gonna be called the comic book writers united Uh, you can google them go to their website see their goals and their purpose and all that stuff um, and so my, my thoughts on this are, will this impact the industry as a whole? And if it is, was, is it going to benefit or hurt creators? Cause right now image creators aren't going to benefit from this. It's just the people who are working. The people the who work directly yeah, I can't, there. I can't tell what the benefit is for the creators at all. Like at that's this that's point what I've been confused with is I feel like it should have been a union with the writers, but I like I just wonder what kind of deals these um like creators have with image like uh that's, you know, yeah, like I wonder that too. Um that's that's one thing I think would be kind of fun to dive into maybe on another right. episode would, someday. Yeah, I'd love to have somebody on an image from image sometime um come talk to us about that stuff. And in regards to forming a like a uh, writers union, you especially like with Marvel or DC they actually can't do that because of antitrust laws from, I believe, 1946. It'd be considered, um, can't think of the word, like having a monopoly on the industry where you are altogether setting the uh, page rates or whatnot. And so because a lot of weird red legal tape, a lot of these big companies, the, the creators actually can't unionize. You can do something like a guild, like the Writers Guild of America, but yet that has yet to be done Back in like the 70s and 80s, a few creators tried to do that. But again, it's just like this weird legal red tape. So it'll be interesting to see if this has any effects down the road. I think it has some potential. I think it helps that a company like Image is doing this compared to like another independent. Like I love Aftershock, but I feel like they're not, you know, like quite as big of a comic um, company. Like I feel like Image is slowly, slowly catching up with like DC and Marvel in the sense that they have they have a series that are already TV shows. And I think series that are becoming future TV shows, you know, like the walking dead. And I'm sure they would do something um, with East of West at some point. Right. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm just, I'm curious if that like does help with um, the other indie comic comic companies. 
And for those of you who don't know, Image is an independent uh, publisher for comics. They have done like Alex at the Walking Dead, East of West. And Spawn, right? Wasn't that like their big one in the 90s? Yeah, Spawn, Spawn. Um, Who who has kind of made a comeback recently in recent years. But yeah, versus like Marvel and DC, people are a little bit more familiar with those. But Image is considered independent and um, they are known for some of those titles, though. Do any of you guys watch anything on Peacock? On what? I do not. I'm just kidding. Peacock. It's, uh, <laughs> okay. The worst streaming name ever. I'm like, what? The, well, the Peacock? I, I don't mean, watch what, it. What, but... Are we going to call it the P? We can't call it the other thing. Yeah, what, are you, what are you watching it on the P? <laughs> on the P. Yeah, uh, what's geez. on the P, man? <laughs> well, they have a new show that's going to be coming out. What's on the tip of the P? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, tell tell us what's on the tip, please. Will Smith. Will Smith's on the tip. Is going to be a co-producer on a show Uh, called Bel Air. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the trailer for that. Um, I thought it was... I I had a really good debate with another uh, co-worker. um, And I, I think it's going to be... I think it's a good idea. I think it's cool. I almost feel like it's a, it's an homage to the actor. I can't remember who played the original Uncle Phil, but if you guys know anything about like the behind the scenes type of stuff, he was like a very prominent like like Shakespearean actor. Mm-hmm. And so he uh James Avery, that's his name. Uh mm-hmm. he was a very prominent like uh Shakespearean actor and uh you know, he he kind of brought this level of 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 i don't want to say seriousness but this this importance this reverence Gravitas. to the yeah yeah to, to the to the role so i almost feel like it's an homage to, to him in a weird way okay. i feel like i feel like will smith really had this so that it's not, i don't want to say like dramatic but serious right because well, it is, it is re- going to be a drama it looks like it's, right. that, yeah. it's, uh, it's a drama, like a drama. But, not, but not dramatic you know right. what i mean like yeah. like uh like shows like um like power are dramatic right and yeah. so like th- th- there's this l- there's this layer of relatability i think that they're trying to bring to it because the the original fresh prince was a little bit you know kitschy a little bit you know i mean it was a comedy right so it was always kind of just like you know will smith looking into the camera and like saying something sometimes breaking the fourth wall so i i think this will work i think this is a good idea i i don't i think it's not a good idea i'm willing really? to give it a shot at least for an episode hmm. uh i think it's just like i grew up on bel-air it was probably the fresh prince of bel-air it was probably the the biggest show for me like as a kid hmm. like would watch it every week uh just like constantly on replay and like, I just don't like, I don't like reboots or reimaginations of a series. I usually think it's really lazy and like, I wish they would just like make it its own thing. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Will Smith is behind it is like giving me some excitement. Like, I feel like if he wasn't a part of it all, uh, if he wasn't a part of it at all, it would make me a little nervous. Make you a little like, nervous. I yeah. just, I don't know. I've never, never been into reimaginations. But again, really? like I'm willing to give it a shot. What about what about Twenty Two Jump Street? See, or that's Twenty One Jump Street. That's interesting because like I I have never seen the originals, mm, so they're very different. Yeah, like, so like, like I heard, day, yeah, I heard they were there was more of like a cop drama. Yeah, before, right. Yeah, so like I I love Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street. So like I guess 
I guess you've got like kind of a good point there. So um, I would say I would say that one of the reasons why these like re- reimaginings or these uh, reboots happen is because so much time. I I I don't want to date myself, but it's been almost thirty years since the show, the original show, came out. So you have like almost two generations that have passed since the OG show had, had come out. So it. I often look at this like I think they're trying to present this story to a new audience. You know what I mean? Um, whether that works or not, we'll see, right? One of the reasons why I'm, I'm concerned is that if you're trying to present this to a new audience, why is the show rated MA, right? That tells me that you're trying to appeal to 18 to, let's say, like 30, 35-year-olds, and so are these is, is if this if you're trying to reach out to a new demographic, are these the people that we're asking for, you know, uh, 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 a fresh Prince reboot? So that that's kind of my concern. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere in the middle of you two where I am a little bit apprehensive, skeptical, yeah. but also excited. Yeah. And like I, and I keep saying this, I I'm always wanting to have an open mind and give things a shot. Because you yeah. never know how it's going to pan out. I try that. That's why I'm going to at least give it an episode. Um, like that, I I'm not, I don't have my hopes up. Mm. That's yeah, that's fair. That's if fair. Will Smith wasn't attached to it, I would be less inclined to have any sort of hope for it being good. But because mm. he's a part of it, like you were saying, Alex, that that does help me to feel a little more. Um, I guess that they're going to handle this. It's in, in safe hands. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say safe. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like it feels like it's more safe. Yeah. Because they go into it with very, very, very low expectations. As you should. With, yeah. And you know what? If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you just, don't. Just a side note, though. This show is doing what I love that big budget uh, studios do. Is that it's giving a whole new fresh cast that, of that's actors that we've thing. never seen before. I exactly. love when TV shows do that. I'm so sick and tired. Uh, I, Alex talked about this uh, really good show called uh, uh, Reservation Dogs. Yeah. Uh, that's another that's another example where Such I think there's only show. I think there's only one actor that you've probably seen in like other things, and they always play this like Native American actor, anyways. So they often are like they're often in the background. So I, I love that you know the, when shows like give a fresh face. You know, I like I always joke around that Hollywood only knows Michael B. Jordan. That's the only black actor. Michael that Hollywood knows and they're like, can we get Michael B. Jordan in this? Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember Whoa. the days though that I didn't remember him. Like Friday Night Lights when he was yes. like in the reboot season that wasn't like yeah. as good. Yeah. yeah. I mean he was also in The Wire. If you remember I didn't that know too. That. I did not yes. know that. Yeah, he was in The Wire. He played Wallace in The Wire. So okay. th- so that's just to say that like I love that like, you know, actors like Lee Majors, uh, who I think is a great actor. Uh, he he plays um uh he's in the MCU. He plays uh the the, the new villain. I can't think of his name right now, but uh he, and he's also in the the Cowboy movie I talked about not too long ago, but he, I think he's a really good actor. So they I just love that they're giving a whole new slate of black actors a fresh shot yeah and it was king the conqueror by the way king the conqueror thank you i could i was yeah. trying to blank on his name but uh yeah they, you know they're giving a fresh slate i just i like that i like i like saying that yeah no i, I love that too um because it's like i think we forget sometimes that all these iconic actors that we know now like at one point weren't very popular and like now we're very nostalgic of it because of growing up with these these people these people um and i 
I think Hollywood is really bad at giving new people a shot unless if they're already like TikTok famous or something. And yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, you know, maybe maybe the P is where it's at. The P is the where P. you give everyone a shot. Shout out to the tip. Yeah, shout out to the tip. <laughs> <laughs> and in other news, you know what's not covered on the P is Batgirl. Oh, that yeah, that's HBO. H- HBO. HBO. Max, they are doing the Batgirl. I believe it's going to be a movie and a couple of things about that. There was a onset mural spotted. They're filming in Glasgow mm-hmm. right now. Okay. And there was a, a mural looks like Keaton's Batman, but there's also a Robin with them as well in this mural. Ooh. Oh, so it would appear that Michael's Keaton, Michael Keaton's Batman at some point did have a Robin. There's also speculation that he like it was Dick Grayson and he's the one that died versus so Jason Todd. That's pretty interesting because weren't there rumors that Michael Keaton is going to be or either referenced or in the Batman movie, the one that's coming out? If I remember correctly, I remember rumors, that there yeah. were rumors that I'm that not may sure. happen. So that would be pretty cool as well. Yeah. I don't know. Like we talked about this. DC is playing a very dangerous game yeah. with their movies right now. Yes, they are. Um, I, I saw the still, I saw the still shot. I saw the still shot from Batgirl, and all the comments were like, "Is this on the CW?" Everyone's like, "No." You talking about the, her costume? Yeah, her costume. So that's the, that's the other thing I was going to talk about. Like, is this on the CW? That's from the costume is supposed to be taken from the comic uh, Batgirl, I believe, a Burnside Year One, mm-hmm. and it, it is supposed to look like a D like a DIY costume because yeah, because it's like the it first the comic and it's the first movie I'm assuming. And it's like, right. you know, she's not, I think, she, I think she looks great. Oh, I don't, it's not about the costume. I it's just more looked about it up. I lighting. just looked it up. Yeah. It's more about the lighting in my opinion. Yeah. The costume's kind of fun. Yeah. I just think the choice of Which lighting. That's is, my thing. Oh, I mean, I, my thing, my, I guess my only concern is like, you know, with these low budget shows, they tend to be more about, um, or, excuse me, with these low budget movies, they tend to be more about, I guess, like the, I, I guess a bad way to put this would be like the story and there's like not enough action, if that makes any sense, because the action is where the big budget yeah, stuff yeah. comes in. So it's just like a lot of dialogue. I think that's a better way to put it, that there's just a lot of dialogue and sometimes that can be hard to chew through. So, you know, I, I feel like with superhero movies, you do need something to break up the the dialogue something more interesting than like a than like an awkward fight i mean that's why i loved marvel's uh run of like uh daredevil and um and uh, uh like jessica jones jessica jones yeah and, were, and, were yeah, and luke cage i love those runs because the action was really visceral and it didn't even feel low budget either, but like the action, yeah. the action was very visceral. So I, I, I hope right. they can bring that. I hope, I hope they can bring that same energy. Well, and like that's in contrast to another thing I was going to talk about the Naomi show. What's that? I'm curious. Yeah. Do well, you guys I, even know who that I is? Know, I, I don't know. I don't know that is. Yeah. She's a Naomi from American character. Pie. <laughs> well, probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, this, 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 uh, Naomi is black. So, Okay, and she she's a I believe she's a teenager, and she's a superhero. She is a superhero, yeah. Okay, she's in the current Justice League run, which I'm a little behind on, but her powers are she's like Superman level powerful, it seems. Okay, and she's also adopted, and the first episode came out on the CW last week, 
Oh, uh, I, I watched most of it. I didn't even realize the show was out. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know either. Never Which tells me, it. yeah, they didn't do a very good job of marketing this. If you guys haven't even heard of it. I, didn't even, I, mean, yeah, I, I, I live in LA and there's billboards everywhere. But to be fair, maybe it was uh, advertised around my block while I had the... I'm looking know, at the poster thing. for it. I'm that's, looking at the poster for it. And had Josh not told me that this was a superhero show i would not even know it's a superhero show maybe that was their goal to like draw people i in do don't typically i do wonder that because she's a teenager so like i wonder if it's supposed to just be like a slice of life show yeah with kind of like um, of superhero so. kind of like the what was the what was the original cw superman show what, what was that one called again uh um, about lois and clark no 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 Bef- smallville? Before, smallville smallville oh, yeah, yeah. smallville is pretty yeah, right. me yeah uh smallville <laughs> was um was a great uh was like a great example of that where it's like a slice of life show and then oh psych he's superman you know so right uh, yeah so maybe maybe it'll be like that that's interesting i didn't i i would have never known about the show if you didn't say something i think one of the showrunners is it is it ava duvernay i have a feeling ava duvernay i think ava duvernay is 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 part of this which makes sense that um which makes a little bit of sense as to why, like, you know, it's like, it feels like there's already like another show that's already out because Hollywood loves Ava DuVernay. So that, that yeah. would make sense. Also, HBO is just like launching so much content right now. They have to. They have yeah. to. That's something we'll talk about next week because I have to do a little more research about it. But um, HBO, HBO Max in, in, in a little bit of hot water. Uh, let's oh, just okay. say as a as a teaser for next week, uh, almost two billion in the in in the hole for this past wow. year. Oh, jeez, okay. yeah, yeah, we're yeah, definitely yeah. gonna hear more about that. Or, excuse me, two, they they've lost two billion subscribers already. Well, uh, HBO just started so. a brand new shiny office in Culver, like five blocks from me, and it is giant and shiny, and it is filled with ads. Which part of me yeah. is like, did you guys start an office to get employees in, or did you start this office to advertise next to the highway? Really yeah content. yeah um yeah i i'll have to do more research on it to get like the exact numbers and stuff like that but and i said billion it might be million but the point is like they they've lost a lot of subscribers and it's not looking good um okay. well, so we'll, we'll, yeah yeah it's it's crazy i just feel like there's so much like there's so much content coming out and there's so much content returning yes um, speaking of speaking of returning uh i don't know if you guys heard that g4 is back Back in full swing. Uh, that's, you, unbel- that's like kind of unbelievable to me. It's it was shocking. I so yeah. for those who may not know, or may not be old enough, or may not remember, G4 TV was a gamer TV show uh, on cable. So, and so like if you if you had cable, it was just like one of the you know cable television shows. I used to watch it all the time. Same it was here. a great show. G4 and Attack of the Show. Before Let's Plays were a thing, there was G4 TV. So like you would go there to watch like people play games, review games and stuff like that. Attack of the show. They had funny um, sketches too. Yes, they they did have they did have funny sketches, uh, really funny sketches actually. Now that I think about it, it was it's just like a different era. Like we're speaking about such a different era of like of of of, of television. It's it's so bizarre to think about the way that they used to show that show. Uh, but recently, you know, there's been a lot of. I guess you can say vitriol on the internet because when, uh, you know, G4, they came back on YouTube and then they're using YouTube to kind of like uh, launch like the mini shows, just like they used to on TV. And one of the most popular shows uh, was Attack of the Show and X-Play. If you guys remember X-Play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, X-Play. so X-Play. With, uh, Adam Sessler and Adam Morgan Sessler Webb. Adam Sessler and Morgan, uh, Morgan Webb, yes. And so like X-Play was, 
it was kind of like a little bit of everything. Like they would do like reviews, they would do like like gaming news. It was just kind of like a little bit of everything, but they presented it in a really funny way and interesting way. Um, so it, it was, you know, and it was like every day it was a new episode. Uh, so they brought this back and they have different hosts. Now that's the big thing with G4 TV. They weren't able to retain all of the original, uh, uh, hosts. So they brought in like, you know, well, newer, that newer doesn't hosts. surprise me because a lot of, uh, a lot of the initial cast were let go in a very, very messed up way. Like without yeah. basically any warning without, and without warning. Yeah. yeah there's a lot yeah. of YouTube videos on that. And like Chris Hardwick was a huge part of X or of, uh, um, of, of G4. Um, yes. And uh, he, he started the Nerdist. And like, I feel like mm-hmm. the Nerdist is bigger than G4 now. G4, no, yeah. So yeah I but can't imagine him coming back. A lot of people were let go, you know, because the, the network was trying to, you know, same old story, right? Trying to salvage money. And so they brought in like, you know, newer people, more relevant people on YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that. Uh, and one of the one of the people that they brought back is this, I, I believe, if I remember correctly, she was a announcer for like League of Legends and stuff like that. Uh, her name is Frosk, as, much, as far as I know. I'm not familiar with her other than seeing her on the recent G4 clips. But uh, recently she went on a rant on there. They have this like just like they have this like segment where they kind of just like rant, like, like almost like a. Like, you know, anyone, any one of the hosts can just rant about something. And she started ranting about, she started, she started essentially giving her experience to the, the, the audience. You know, a lot of people, like I said, have been giving them a lot of crap because it's not the exact same show we used to watch, blah, blah, blah. And I guess, you know, the internet is, we've talked about bullying on the internet. We talked about people being jerks, but they've made comments that she's not as like attractive as like the previous hosts. Mm. And so she went on a rant basically saying that like, I don't need to appeal to your sexuality in order to, to do what I do. Good and for her. a lot of, and I, you know, it's so, it's so surreal because it's like, why does she have to say this in the first place? Right. Yeah. And it kind of just goes into like what we talk about that, like toxic you know, gamer be- culture slash <laughs> online bullying But yeah. beyond, beyond the toxic gamer culture, because look, as a black person, let me tell you, it is toxic. It is toxic in video games. It, it, it really is. I cannot yeah. count on my finger how many times I've been called the N-word. Uh, I'm not even talking to somebody, right? So it's like that other person, I guess, it doesn't even know that I'm black. It, it's insane. So like there is like toxicity on the internet. And like if any person that denies that, you're probably the person who's a part of the problem. That's the reality of it, right? Agreed. So it's, it's, it was just surreal to, to like, she's having to explain that like, you know, I mean, people, I'm not going to repeat some of the stuff that she says, because I think we're still trying to fight off uh, having to use explicit, uh, the, the explicit tag for, but now, yeah. for now. But we'll but let's just say she, she people have said some pretty vile stuff. And like yeah. my rule of thumb is if you're not going to say it to your mom and you're not going to say it to your sister, you probably shouldn't say it to another woman. That's all I'm going to say. So people have said some pretty gross stuff and she had to like kind of just vent her frustration. And then, of course, Surprise, surprise, the internet goes, ah, you're entitled, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And like just totally not hearing what she's ha- what she has to say. So it's a little frustrating. I mean, it will blow over. That's how the internet works. But uh, I kind of felt bad for her. Uh, I, I feel like it's just ridiculous that like, you know, people see someone on the internet and they feel like this person has to fulfill my sexual desires. Otherwise, I have they have no value to me. What a what a gross what a gross way to think. Yeah, and that like is disgusting. Like like full disclaimer. Like if this if me saying that makes you upset, 
um, you can hit that pause button and you can like you can back out because uh, I don't I don't I mean come find me on, on our bandwagon uh, 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 Twitter or whatever yeah, and say something talk, to me I'll, I'll let you know I'll let you know because that that, that it, that's just gross you, if you want to disagree with someone on the internet because you don't agree with something they say that's fine but don't 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 be a coward and attack people you don't even know because you know that they're they're probably not going to find you that's weak that's weak so that's all i had to say about that preach yeah yeah. And I, yeah I mean that's all there i 100 yeah, agree like we don't yeah, want that. Too. we don't support yeah. that on the show if you're one of those people keep listening if you want and then tell us you hate us that's fine but we think you're gross and you need to grow up yeah also i'm glad g4 is like doing things differently than like a decade to it's it's gotta be completely different it's gotta be completely different people the world is different people right (laughs) it's so crazy children so nuts nuts. stuff like this just makes me like i want to go like all batman on someone yeah it's just like like, oh what'd you say it's gross man uh, speaking of beating people into a bloody pulp tomorrow the first trailer full trailer of moon knight is going to drop whoa when you're listening to this it'll be monday so today the trailer comes out i'm excited but i've never read anything on moon knight so i kind of want to dive into there's like a 2016 run i'm actually excited i've always wanted to get into moon knight stories the current run by jed mckay yeah is phenomenal I think there's maybe eight issues out so far. Okay, go pick it up. It's so good. Yeah, so I'll, I, I'll look I, into it. I've always found that the 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 whole dynamic of like what Moon Knight is is so fascinating. Yeah. It, it, to me, I feel like it does like it's like a modernized version of the Doctor uh, Doctor Jekyll Mister Hyde thing. So right. I, I think that's cool. I think it's actually, pretty dope. He, I believe he has three personalities. Oh, so like a split. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he has DID, which they. Oh, okay. They talk. They uh, use that a little bit in this series, which I love. I love when comics talk about like real world issues, like mental health, and like DID. Like it's a scary thing, so it, it's cool it, that they're highlighting it. Um, yeah, I mean, the, and just like a a quick like side note, I have always felt that if you never watched Split, uh, the the film by M Night Shyamalan, oh, yeah. I, I always felt that it was insane that James McAvoy wasn't even nominated. For Academy Award for his playing, what sixteen different people? I heard he. Right. I heard he was phenomenal he, in it, but he, I still haven't seen it. If that you role. watch it, it makes no sense. I the, if I had to guess, the movie probably came out earlier that year. No, it came out September, so there's no excuse. I I will never understand how he didn't. He wasn't nominated. I'm like the guy, like the the, the scenes that he's like switching between characters. It's like masterclass that's all i gotta say about that right like you, like some like it's hard to do one role to like get into character and he was doing right. multiple like, multiple yeah, that sounds impressive in one shot it's just it was pretty cool pretty yeah. cool so i i and i think it's cool though because moon knight I, I think it's oscar uh, oscar isaac is is Correct. moon knight yep. he's a great actor phenomenal that's he's why a great that's actor. I'm excited yeah this. so uh, that i can't wait for that it's gonna be great and and he's guatemalan so yeah, that. yeah. that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, that's what's up. Alex, what you got for us, man? Yeah, so uh, before I jump into this, I actually switched what I wanted to talk about last minute. Um, yeah, I, I was in, I was initially <laughs> going to talk about the movie Pig um, with Nicolas Cage, which came out last year. And I just want to give that movie a shout out. It was, um, was we, we not what I was expecting. We could, talk about it. we could talk about it next week, though. Uh, if you all want. right. 
because I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah. it next week. Um, just keep that in the back of your mind, people. Pig, yeah, or pigs, whatever you want. Um, I switched it out this week because I just picked up a fresh copy of What's the Furthest Place from Here, issue three. And oh, um, nice. for anyone who's listened to past episodes, I've I've talked about um, this series a good amount. And this issue was the best one to come out so far. Um, I just think like the world building in this series is very, very, very slow. They throw out or they introduce tons and tons of characters. Um, They have you in this world where like you don't really know what any of the things are. You don't know what the strangers are. You don't know like what happened to this world, how it is. Um, You don't really understand like the motives to everyone. And I feel like this was the first issue where I'm like starting to get like a true introduction to like how like dark this world is. Um, I feel like it's going more into just like a straight up like a horror comic. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited for it. It was like it was just like one of those issues where like I noticed it was pretty bulky and had a lot of content and I wasn't going to read it all right away. But I just like sped read this entire thing. Um, Josh, you picked up on it, too, right? Yep, uh, I'm loving the series, and I'm so glad that you decided to talk about it uh, when you did <laughs> issue one. I had no intention of reading this series until you had mentioned it that you were going to mm-hmm. cover it on the show. And dude, it's it's one of my favorite series so far. Dang. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's cool because it's, it's so like, weird, uh, but it's good. Yeah, like the twists are so strange. Like, uh, there's there's all these different like families, and it's kind of like these like gatherings of people that have like almost like these like safe houses it seems but every like family has like its own like interesting look to it and there was like this new family that um basically like all the main characters end up at like this hideout house and they don't know that there's another group of people there and um uh i'm blanking on the guy's name pruff rock the names are so strange but like pruff rock (laughs) ends up in this room and these people come out and they look like kind of like demented elderly people and they're like filming him and like saying all this weird stuff and he just like freaks out and he's basically just like you know like back the hell up like do not come near me and they keep like going towards him so he just like straight up punches one of them in the face and like one of his other like friends comes out marky and she's just like you just punched an old person in the face. And he's like, I told them not to come at me. And they're like, but we're in their home. Like we didn't know they were here. And yeah. Dude, that, that part had me laughing. Yeah. It was just so hilarious. Cause it's just like, he kind of was in the right, but like they end up, tw- you know, like twisting it where it's just like, yeah, you can't just like go around beating up elderly people, but they end up like showing like apparently in this universe, we don't know why, but like there isn't any elderlies or at least there hasn't been any, in a long time there's there's no adults at all yeah so it's all like kids and teenagers right right yeah what if it's you know what what if it's what if it's in someone's mind that'd be that'd be so frustrating if this whole thing was just like no dude if if you read it like you can can tell okay okay okay. well uh real quick alex something i just thought about because you mentioned how the names are really weird yeah it kind of reminds me of the outsiders with like pony boy and soda pop too bit Mm. yeah yeah and also like the dynamics where it's like all these little gangs. Yeah. It is definitely like an outsider's influence now that you say that. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought about that now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's, it's such a cool, like, it's just such a cool series. Um, and I love that, like, uh, 
these elderly people end up like he's like pointing out he's like no they're like he's like can't you guys see these are just like young people like dressed up as elderly and he's like that one clearly looks like a five-year-old and like they finally like take their masks off yeah they're like little kids like with like i don't know like stilts or something like Um, dentures and wigs yeah so they like they just like go through all these like bizarre like things in the house like um uh for like a quick recap and like the first two issues like this character well the first issue sid she's the one that like went missing she's pregnant and like that's the reason they're out here is they've just been like looking for her and like Prufrock finds like a tape in the house and it's called Sid comes to visit. And it's like a recording of like Sid in this room, like being asked all this like weird stuff from uh, the uh, elderly family. And it's just so bizarre. Cause like, she's not here. There's no, like there's no explanation to why she was there or where she is now yeah. or if she's alive. I'm assuming that she's alive because I don't I I feel like that's probably what like keeps the comic issues driven forward. Josh, what do you think? Do you think yeah, she's alive? No, she, she's she's definitely alive for sure. Yeah. See, now the twist is going to be that she's dead. Uh, oh, honestly, I think that would be sloppy writing. And, <laughs> uh, is it Matthew Rosenberg is the writer on this, right? Yeah. Um, he, he's been no, he's been having solid Tyler writing Boss. on this. Tyler. OK, Tyler Boss. Uh yeah no the writing's been solid on this I I don't think they would kill her off like that I feel like it's okay. gonna like her yeah. she's pregnant so I feel like that whole situation's gonna play off in the end yeah it's just so cool like um Josh what was your opinion on like the twist with uh with the elderly family when um when Layla and Marky decide to like stay back. Dude, oh, so yeah, the group's gonna head out to keep looking for Sid and two of the characters stay back. And if you're squeamish, cover your ears for like 10 seconds. Oh my gosh. Oh no. So this is called the bold folks home instead of old folks home. And what they do is, like I said, they're all wearing dentures. They pull out your teeth and then give you dentures. Ah, You see them like start to pull out the two people who stayed behind. They like pull out their teeth and then give them dentures. Dude, yeah. And then it like shows. And then it like shows a quick recap of like them sitting in the chair like tied down, and you can like see their like real teeth like on their like on their lap, and it's so disgusting. And I was like, I was like, this is getting so creepy. And like the shots leading up to it are like terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some really like classic horror panels in this that are I'm, done so well. I'm glad it got twisted because like before that happened, when they stayed back, I thought it was going to be kind of like you see this in a lot of like video games like Fallout or like Outer Worlds. They've seen it in um, it was in multiple movies. It's always like the twist of like, oh, it's like the older people that are like running a safe house like, and they turn out to be cannibals. And I was like, right, if they turn out to be yeah. cannibals, I'm going to be really annoyed. Cause like, I yeah. just feel like it's overdone. That's what I yeah. thought was going to happen. Yeah. I was like, Oh, here come the cannibals. Even Which though Texas Chainsaw is still terrifying with cannibals. Oh, the yeah. original one. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's like, oh. so gross. Yeah. Man. Um, but I'm glad, I'm glad they didn't do that twist, but uh, I just was not seeing that coming when they left. Um, and like, the uh, the rest of the characters basically are ran by like they're led by Mallory and Puff Rock and there's like probably at least like 15 of them that are part of their like little gang like running out but they're like leaving at nighttime which is like supposedly like a dangerous thing to do in this world um, because of the strangers and they'd accidentally like 
I'd forgotten to mention it, but they'd accidentally just like killed one. And we don't really know what the consequences of this yet are, but like, this is like kind of like the ending of it is making me just like wonder like what the heck is going to happen in issue four. Yeah. And like the, with the whole thing with the killing the stranger, why didn't they like take the mask thing off to see like what it looks like underneath? Yeah. Yeah. They wear like these weird, it reminds me of like, uh, I don't know, like Silent Hill, like these weird, Oh. Like head wrap things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they accidentally they kill one. I'm like, why don't you take it off to see what it is? Yeah. But well, yeah. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. Next, the next no, issue. they took they left. They took off. Oh. Yeah, they 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 ran off. Dang. But maybe the maybe the bold folks home will reveal it. I don't know. I, I don't think so because then the other stranger showed up, which was really creepy. Did you see their and like they, fingers? They bodies. Yeah. Yeah, their fingers look terrifying. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, do you want to tell the folks uh, where the gang is going to end up next? Yeah. So, like, they they basically run into like carnies, but they all look super crooked and creepy as hell. I mean, every carny looks crooked. Every carny, yeah, that's a carny. So, so <laughs> yeah, the, vibes, it's man. a carnival. Yeah. Yeah. So the I I I'm guessing issue four is going to take place at a creepy twisted carnival, which I'm excited for. Dang. Um, definitely check it out if you're into horror and weird, weird, weird suspense with a lot of punk music. Oh good. yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, 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 you, how many uh, issues are are part of this run? I think there's going to be five total, okay. and okay. we're at issue three. They okay. do reference they do reference some more vinyl again in this one. Um, I couldn't see the. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't see the art perfectly in some of them, but they did pull out a Dead Kennedys record, which I thought was cool. I, did, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Nice. Could you catch what the other two were? No, that was the, the, yeah. I couldn't really recognize. Yeah. So if any listeners know, like, yeah, they show three know. uh three vinyl at one point, and like that would be really cool to find out which ones they are. Nope. What you got yeah. for us, AJ? Oh man, I watched the Eternals, guys. Uh, Let's go. Yeah, I didn't want to watch it in theaters because honestly, I had low expectations for it. I, I it didn't seem interesting. I still have low expectations for it, even oh, though I yeah. love the director because I love Nomadland. So that's the thing. I actually enjoyed this a lot. Uh, I cool. thought this was, I thought it was a different, very different type of MCU film. I, I think of the MCU films that we've seen and watched, I think this one was trying to be more like a movie that just so happens to take place in the MCU as opposed to. Uh, just like a run-of-the-mill, you know, insert here MCU film. I, I would say a movie like that would be like something like Captain Marvel or uh, Black Widow, where it's kind of just like insert here. Here's a movie, and there's not much to say. Um, I, if you don't know, basically this this movie is about the Eternals and their place on Earth. The Eternals are these uh, extraterrestrial beings. Uh, I, you said you didn't get a chance to watch it, Alex. Um, I decided to not watch it, uh, this okay, week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. No, I, I just, I just didn't want to ruin too no, it's, much. If, yeah, I, if it's, uh, it's all right. I honestly wasn't planning to watch this one, but depending on how you okay. describe it, I might jump into it. Okay. So, so it, these extraterrestrial beings, uh, come to earth and very, uh, almost like an homage to the, the film, uh, 2001, a space odyssey. Uh, which is one of my favorite movies uh, of all time. Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's uh, Kubrick, if you remember, right? Yeah, Stanley yeah. Kubrick. Yeah. One, of, Kubrick one, of the greatest, yeah. one of the greatest directors of all time. 
in the beginning of the film, uh, the, the the space device, the monolith, right, uh, uh, essentially ushers in a new era of man. So the Eternals are essentially that that um, they are that 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 next that next wave to push mankind to you know embrace technology and stuff like that. So they are there on Earth to, at least what we're told throughout the movie, that that they're there on Earth to assist mankind, you know, to to enter the rest of the universe, I guess. And so the the film specifically is about uh, two of the Eternals, Cersei. Cersei is, she is an Eternal, her powers. uh, Each of the Eternals, by the way, have their own, like, cool powers. It was very X-Men-like. So, like, uh, Cersei had the ability to, from my understanding, like, like manipulate things from like a molecular level. So she was able to like change like the, the a stone to sand or something like that, or like water to whatever. Um, and she is one of the Eternals who, you know, they all have their role. Her role isn't really made made prominent as as much as the i guess the other main character uh who is icarus the, this is rob stark from game of thrones uh, i think his name is richard richard madden uh he plays icarus icarus is like for all intents and purposes icarus is superman uh he can fly he's got literal laser beams uh i think he has like i don't want to say super speed because there's already another eternal that with super speed but he's very fast for some reason and like kind of super strength, it, they really don't define his powers. But for all intents and purposes, all intents and purposes, he is Superman. So like, um, See, these so, characters don't sound very unique to me. And they're not. So like, so that's the thing. So I'll, I'll get into a little bit more. But basically, the plot is essentially that um, the the their leader Ajax dies, and so they they have to essentially come back together. Wait, because- Ajax like the like the dishwasher soap. Uh, hilariously, yes. Yeah, I'm just bringing in the Deadpool <laughs> hilariously, reference. Yeah. Hilariously, yeah. hilariously, yes, exactly. Like the dishwasher <laughs> zone. So um, Ajax, um, um, Ajax is essentially like their leader. She tells them what to do. Um, she, um, she, her powers. She can like heal, but she also has a very specific power because she's the leader. She can communicate to like their their leader. Their they, their leader is a celestial. You know they're sent to Earth. Um, they, they are they're sent to Earth by this celestial. I can't remember the celestial's name, um, but they're sent to Earth by a celestial in order to do whatever they, they have to do. So they are taking orders from her. Uh, Icarus, he's the leader. He's like okay, because you know he's the strongest, whatever. And then you have like cool characters like Thena, played by Angelina Jolie. I thought she did great, and uh, Festus, uh, played by uh, the actor from Atlanta. So like you know they all kind of have their roles. They're all like helping mankind. And then one day they all kind of like they don't need to. They don't need their their role into helping mankind is no longer necessary, right? They're sent to Earth to defeat the. Um, they're, they're sent to Earth to defeat the uh, Josh. Do you remember what they're called in the movie? Um, uh, Deviants. And Deviants. then the celestial was named Arashem. Arashem. Thank you. I, yes. Is, uh, it's from Hebrew. Is it? 
Yeah. Oh, Which that's cool. It, it makes sense because it's supposed to be like this all powerful deity type well, of thing. Well, so much, so much of the Eternals is like based on like so many different like mythologies, like Roman mythology, right. Greek mythology, um, uh, Hindu mythology, like Judeo Christian, Judeo, Judeo Christian mythology. So that that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So the, the Eternals are sent to Earth to fight deviants, and essentially, once all the deviants are dead, they're like, "All right, well, we just got to wait for our cue to, you know." finish up but they don't really know what that is and so throughout the movie you know you're kind of seeing like the it, it takes place in both the present and the in the in the past and you kind of see like the, the the relationships that they all have with each other it, it's a layered movie let me just put it to you that way it's a very layered movie it's a very i, I don't want to say complicated but it's it's it, the movie is more about the relationships that the eternals have with each other and them understanding what humanity means within themselves, which is interesting because the spoiler, since Alex walked away, but you know, the spoiler is essentially that they're they're not human or celestial beings. They're they're technically robots, really. They're just super advanced artificial intelligence. And when they when they learn this, this is this is like groundbreaking to them. They learn that their mission is not to help mankind, but to make sure mankind is it grows enough for a celestial being to freaking rip out of the earth like literally this celestial being will destroy earth by emerging from it it was i don't know if you guys ever seen the show final space it was a very good show i was very very sad it got canceled but it it was like exactly like 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 that like these seeds are put into into different planets and then the celestials harvest the life on the planet to then make the a new celestial and then that new celestial creates more galaxies and more planets and like it's this endless cycle so the eternals they learn that's their purpose they're for all intents and purposes they're farmers basically (laughs) they're space farmers they're to to herd the cattle for the for the feast and so um throughout the movie cersei she she's come to learn that she has she has a love for mankind you know what I mean? The mankind. I, I thought the most interesting thing in the movie was that you learned that the deviants are no longer were also created by by that by the celestial because uh, you know they were like really effective. But the downside to them or the flaw in their programming is that they evolve. So like they were they were they evolved and like were choosing to do what they wanted to do and they weren't being obedient. So. Uh, I I don't remember the celestial's name. Josh remembers it. Um, Arashem. Arashem. Arashem creates the deep, the, the 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 Eternals um, as a as a way to basically create this artificial intelligence that won't will not evolve, and then theoretically they will not disobey. So at so throughout the movie, what you're seeing is that it didn't work, right? Because they're learning things like love. They're learning things like like uh like anger you know they're, they're they're getting these emotions that they're learning from humans and in that way they're evolving on like a like a micro level if you want to say you know what i mean so i thought it was interesting i thought uh i thought there were a lot of missed opportunities in the movie though i thought like one of the things that made the movie kind of feel like it didn't mean anything was that I, I would have liked it if almost like <laughs> almost like a Forrest Gump type type of thing if they had shown that the deviants had like a stronger hand in the in like the current creation of mankind. If that makes any sense, it was something that's alluded to, but the you don't really the Eternals. Uh, excuse me, the Eternals, the Eternals. But also that brings me to my next point. I think it was kind of a mistake the way they used the deviants 
They were right. kind of just thrown in there. I yeah. kind of wish they took a page out of Assassin's Creed. And I kind of wish that like they would have done like the Templar and Assassin thing, or deviants are like the the bad people in history, right? Like 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 your um uh I don't know uh like your Hitler or something like that. Like the, the deviants are these bad people in humanity, and then like the 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 Eternals would be these people who help you know the quote unquote good guys, right? But in reality, yeah. neither of them are really good guys. They're all just using people for pawns right so like like for example in, in assassin's creed odyssey they explained that like what we know as greek mythology like the minotaur or medusa you know that was just a result of like alien technology and i thought that would have been a really cool thing to include in the movie oh, like you could have yeah. had a really cool scene or like Thena yeah, fighting a cool. minotaur, but the minotaur is a deviant like yeah come on that that is that's that, crazy. Well, that, like, like, that scene would have written itself. It would have written itself. That, that sounds like the so coolest cool. scene ever. Yeah. Right. But I will say, though, to give the movie credit, I actually really enjoyed the action scenes. They were really good. Yes. They were really compelling, and they were choreographed excellently. Like, it was really good. That um, like, that was probably one of the best things, like, not yeah. having a CGI orgy fest. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, the, like, the, like, it really did a, a, a really good job, with the exception of Sprite, who can you know she's kind of like loki like she can make like she can make fake images and stuff like that and like right. be invisible um but with the exception of sprite i thought everyone's powers was always put in like on display and that that's where it kind of brings like the x-men uh, uh parallels um but at the same time i kind of felt that like the movie didn't really say anything i thought like a really wasted opportunity was that you had all these characters derived from various like you know a, a Gilgamesh has a, has a, I think, I think there, there's actually like a, a series of poems called the Epic of Gilgamesh, right? That, yep. that that's who that character is taken from. So I'm like, why didn't they kind of like embrace the origins of these characters? They, they could have, they, that's a missed opportunity. They really like, yeah. It sounds like too many people are introduced um, perhaps into one film. <laughs> that's one of the, the drawbacks of this was that I feel like it could have been two movies or like a mini series. It, it should have been a TV show. Right. It, and it would have been an incredible TV show, even if it, it was a mini series. Yeah, yeah. Even if it was like a mini series, it would have been really good because uh, the, I think the biggest thing that I think probably why most people didn't enjoy the film too much is I didn't buy it's a love story between Cersei and, and Icarus, their relationship was the least believable relationship. You know what I mean? Like their relationship, like I didn't feel like they loved each other, you know, not to get, uh, not to, not to transition our podcast to like our relationship podcast, but I always define that loving someone does require some level of sacrifice. Right. And I just don't yeah. feel like, I don't, yeah, I don't totally. feel like, well, I don't feel like Icarus sacrificed anything. Like, like he ha- he's met with the choice to either kill Cersei or fulfill his duty to this person that this this being that he doesn't even know, right? And he's at the end of the day, he chooses not to kill her. But I'm like, that's not a sacrifice. That's a pretty extreme sacrifice. Be like, my, the only way I can show you I love you is not by murdering you. That's wild. That that's love. <laughs> and then the movie Jeez. does what I hate movies do is that they they don't know how to like show that these characters love each other. So they just show them having sex. I hate that so much. That's such like, I don't want to use the word lazy, but it is a shortcut that is unnecessary. You can have sex with somebody and not love them. Okay. So like, that's not showing me that they're in love. And so that again, another missed opportunity. I'm totally okay. If it's a love story, 
But right, I kind of right. just feel like make that love story believable because I felt like Gilgamesh and Thena's relationship was so much more believable. I felt oh, that, that was uh, beautiful. Yeah, like I, thought, like I thought that was uh, yeah. I mean that that moment that they had in the forest, I thought that was just that that I don't understand why that wasn't written for Cersei and Icarus, the main uh, characters. Yeah. I thought that was really crazy. Um, even um, uh, even uh, uh, Festus and his husband, I felt like that moment where Festus's husband is telling him, like, you have to do this because it's your responsibility. Like, that's a moment where I'm like, these people have, a, have, a, have more chemistry than the main characters. And I think that was the problem. Every other relationship in the movie felt more sincere and genuine than the main character. So it just it just wasn't believable that like, oh, he's just going to stop now because he loves her because we don't know why he loves her. And I, I think that's even funnier because they've been alive for, what, 7,000 years? So I'm like, you couldn't yeah. choose different eras? I'm like, you could have borrowed from so many other movies to do that. And like they could have used like other classic love stories to like, yeah. incorporate yeah. it. Yeah, like, the, Gilgamesh is from Mesopotamia. A lot of yes. them was from Greek mythology. Yes, this is where having a limit, like a mini series or multiple movies, would have come in handy. Yeah, you could like see them like in their era where they were most famous. Yes, and then you'd feel a lot more anchored, like out more attached to the yeah, character. That's a that's a really good way to put it. That, that like there was just missed opportunities to make you feel anchored. The believe it or not, Alex, I don't think the amount of characters in the show was a problem. In the movie, was a problem. The movie's pretty long. It's like two and a half hours. Yeah, so I, I, I don't think that was really a problem. I think they used everyone's screen time pretty well, minus Jon Snow. I thought he was in the movie way too much, in my personal opinion. But whatever. Like, you know, they 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 use his they they use these characters, I think, very effectively. I just felt like the writing was just I don't know. It was just strange that the main characters had the least amount of a connection or chemistry that that was probably the most bizarre thing yeah that seems yeah very odd to me yeah so but but with that aside i still enjoyed the movie it was an easy two and a half hours um i like i said the action scenes are great the movie is filmed beautifully by the way it the cinematography is like a plus plus well for i mean going from movie. nomadland to this like i would i would figure it would look beautiful yeah. nomadland yeah. is like one of the most gorgeous films i'd seen well, in the, the last couple of years the use of color in this movie i thought was done very well it was it's just very authentic nothing was loud and i felt like that fit the tone of the movie very well my biggest complaints was that the love story was like the worst love story ever and the deviants were just really put in there because someone's like this is a marvel movie Make it more Marvel. And then she's like, okay. So that's the only two takeaways from like the movie that I said, like, that's probably why more, more people didn't like it. In this movie, there's a great movie. They just uh, they just messed up. They messed up a little bit. We yeah. can't be winners at everything. I can't. Right. It's, it's still worth seeing, though. <laughs> Except AJ, that. apparently. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll get around to watching it at some point just so I can have an opinion on it. Yeah, you should. I think it's good. But uh, speaking about some other swings and a miss, did you guys watch the latest episode of the book of Bofa? Yeah, I yes, I just with caught the Power up. Rangers. I hadn't seen either episode, and um, I hadn't seen any episodes, so I watched all of them last week. Oh, okay. I I was giving this show so much support. I was loving it, telling people to watch it. This third episode, it was very, it felt very much like the prequel trilogies, where it just like it, it feels like a little corny and cheesy. 
And I have to remind myself, George Lucas intended Star Wars to be for kids, but it still felt like they were trying to appeal to adults with the first two episodes. And yeah, this is the first time on the show I've talked about something I do not like. So we'll see how this that's goes. A big, that's a big moment. Wow. It is. This is dun, a big dun, moment dun. for me. And so we start out. Uh, episode is Boba Fett is trying to manage his empire. He uh, took over Jabba's empire. And one of the first things he runs into is this water distributor, which is crazy to pay for water. On also, side note, that actor plays uh, Bill from King of the Hill. Yeah. And you know who I else is? I not known that. What, what, what's up? He, he's in Barry. Yes, played, yes, uh, yes, oh, yes, yeah. that's right. Barry, that's right. So that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever yeah, the guy's yeah. name is. That's right. I, for, I forgot. That, that's what I recognized him from. Because yes, Barry, yeah. if you have not seen Barry, phenomenal show. Such a good show. Not for the faint of heart. <laughs> when though. is season three coming out? That's the real question. I know, right? Bill Hader, where are you at? Yeah, seriously. Get him on yeah. the podcast. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make that happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Jamie, cool. make some calls, please. Thank you. Jamie, your, your job is on the line if you don't make this happen. Just FYI. <laughs> Well, yeah, so the, the, yeah, he both it starts out. He meets these uh, like greaser biker gang kids who drive these Vespa looking speeder bikes, very colorful and bright. Made me think of American Graffiti. I was like, oh, like George Lucas, American Graffiti, like homage <laughs> to that. Great, but it just it felt corny. Yeah, and I, I was not a fan. I I did like the character designs. Like the guy had the weird eye, and the yeah. one girl yeah. looked like she worked at Hot Topic or something. Yeah, like I, I, I like the designs. I just did not like their Vespa looking speeder bikes. And then crazy seeing that a lot of people probably loved, except for me, there is an assassin assassination attempt by Cranstan, the Wookiee, scary, scary looking Wookiee. Mm-hmm. And my whole issue with that was this. This dude is one v one in a Wookiee where in the original trilogy, George Lucas told us these things can rip your arms out of your sockets. Right. So it was a cool fight scene, but to me, that that a little unrealistic. in my head. So I was like, this doesn't feel realistic to the lore of Star Wars. Right. I, Star Wars in itself is not realistic. I get that. But a story has to feel ha- it has to buy into its own lore for me to buy into it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it just didn't pan out. And yeah, the Wookiee Bonnie Hunter, he ends up getting captured and then Bofet kind of just lets him go. Felt like a waste to me. Yeah, that was kind of weird because even as a, I forgot his partner's name, but she was just like, um, "Are you sure about that? That doesn't seem like a good idea." And he's kind of just like, "Ah, whatever." Like I already did right. it. I feel like it's gonna be a Billy a Billy Madison moment at the at the end of the series when, like, if you remember Billy Madison at the end, the the guy he apologized to shot shoots the. Uh, <laughs> The person he's like, man, yeah. I'm God, I called that guy. I have a feeling that's gonna happen. But like, he's crossing off with the makeup. Yeah. For the lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling that's gonna happen. We're gonna see this Wookiee like fly in from out of nowhere and uh save Boba Fett's life. I have a feeling that's gonna happen. Yeah. That that's I hope that's not the case. That to me would feel like a little bit of lazy writing. And based on the first two episodes, I don't feel like the writers have been particularly lazy. So mm-hmm. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt on that. And then, so yeah, the bounty hunter takes off. And then after that, the huts, or because of that, the huts have shown up. That's why Boba Fett lets the guy go because the huts sent him to kill Boba Fett. He's like, hey, you sent this guy to kill me. The huts are like, yeah, we're sorry. Like literally, they're like, we're sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and, and to show they're sorry, they give him a rancor, which the um, 
Rancor Keeper is Danny Trejo, which yeah, I thought was, was cool. awesome. Yeah, that was probably one of my and, favorite parts of the episode. And the Rancor, I, the, the internet is theorizing it's the same one from the Bad Batch, but you have to watch really? the Bad Batch to, to okay. know why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I will have to watch that. And if you're listening, you've not watched it. We'll that's have to all watch it together. Animated, right? Yes, right, that's the animated yeah. show. Yeah. Um, and what was interesting about that is Danny Trejo like looks like the scary, like he will stab you kind of guy. But I feel like he plays really well the role of like, I'm actually really tenderhearted mm. because he tells Boba Fett that Rancors are actually very loving creatures and that they, it wears <laughs> blinders and that they'll imprint on the first human they see. I hated that whole scene so I much. I thought like that was so weird because like, <laughs> I, thought I, it was funny. So I thought it was funny. <laughs> Why has no. it never been shown in like Star Wars? Yes. I, so you want me to believe that Boba Fett had, because remember, I if I remember correctly, uh, Danny Trejo's character said that it was it imprints on the first human. I, I believe that's what he said. Yeah, so I, I believe so, that's what he said too. So Boba Fett had a Rancor trainer. Oh, excuse me, not Boba Fett. Uh, uh, Jabba the Hutt had a Rancor trainer underneath his palace, and they were friends, and that's how he kept it in line. Like that's that, well, do you remember that the guy was crying when Luke killed the Rancor? Do you remember that? That's that's a good point. That is a good point. He's very, yeah. very sad. And like, it, it's been talked about like in comics and books too, like little just, things here and there. It felt too much like Pokemon to me, man. I'm like, ah, oh, come on, dude. To me, actually, what it felt like was a pit bull. Like pit bulls are actually really loving yes, they dogs. Are. Yes, they but are. People use them for fighting and for protection and stuff like that. That's a good point. That's what it made me think of. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have thought Is it ridiculous? Yeah, but that is, that is like what it made me think of. To like yeah. try to for me to try to reason it to, for it to work. I just I, I just didn't like how much Dan foreshadowing. He's like, Josh I want to write it, Alex Magosa. And he's like, me. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're gonna get a scene at some me. point above Fett writing a rancor song is Lush uh, Waves. That's by Taylor. Well, I like too. He's like trading starts today. He's like, uh, thanks for listening. Choice we'll see you soon. <laughs> also, oh. also, are we not gonna talk about how the the huts kind of just sold this dude into slavery? I'm like, what's his salary? Does he get vacation time? The man they, just shows yeah. up. He's like, I'm the tra- I'm the rancor trainer now. He like, seems <laughs> chill. He might be. A he's slave. like, he's like, yeah, slavery is not that bad for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the huts are slavers, so like, maybe he is a slave. Yeah, that's true. I, I, yeah, that's I was true. wondering about that too. And then the episode <laughs> after that, you uh, you have this weird chase where Boa Fett goes to talk to the mayor because he finds out the mayor sold him out. Long speeder chase. They they catch the guy and. A turf war is coming. So mm. it, this episode was it, it was slowly kind of trying to build up to something big is going to be happening. I want to rewind, though, to talk about the thing that I, I really did not like about this episode. And I haven't seen a lot of other people who have had this take. The Tuscan. Yeah. Raiders. Yeah. The Tuscan Raiders. Were all killed. Yes. Well, almost all killed. It looked like. I think you, I think it's I think it's insinuating they were all killed. Yeah, I thought they you were. You didn't all killed. see the the Tuscan warrior, the woman. You didn't see. Fair her enough. Body. Yes, so fair I'm pretty enough. sure she's alive and she'll come back. My issue is: Do you guys know what the term "fridging" means? Fridging? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. no. So I believe this was in the '80s. Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner. He there's a storyline where there's a serial killer out there. And the serial killer kills Kyle Rayner's girlfriend and stuffs her body into her refrigerator. Oh, my God. The only purpose of this event was to give Kyle Rayner motivation 
to like go after this guy. Go after them. Yeah. And so like it's it's a trope. Phrygian is a trope where typically a oh, female character is harmed or killed to motivate a male character to some end. But in this case, it was the it was the kid. It, in this case, it was a whole tribe whole of people tribe. were fringed. Yeah. And it felt like such a waste because if you remember, I was saying I was very concerned about this dances with wolves yeah. trope that they were playing with of yeah. outsider comes in and he becomes like the best of us and saves us. So, you mm. know, like dances with wolves or the last samurai. And, I had, I and, had a different perspective of that whole scene. Yeah, I didn't I really I did. didn't see that at all. I, I, my perspective the, I can see it. Of the, the, of of the scene. Yes. When okay. the Tuscans were killed, I, I, I felt like what that was setting up, is if you remember earlier in the episode, uh, I do not remember the race of the fish people. What are they called? What what is their what is their game called or, or collection called? I call them fish people because it's hilarious. Remember. The pikes? Was it the pikes? The pikes. I think so. Let's let's assume it's pikes. If we're wrong, you can yell at us. I really don't care. Um, but like <laughs> the 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 pikes, the I I felt like what that scene was setting up is that the pikes did not like that the Tuscans, but specifically Boba Fett mess with their money because I, I looked at the tykes like I look at the mafia. And so I felt like that scene when Boba comes to get the collection and he tells them that the other gang is also, you know, to take care of the other gang. Right. I felt like that was almost like a, almost like a Godfather or like Goodfellas type of scene where you're supposed to insinuate that the pikes told the other gang the same thing. And so I kind of felt like this was how they eradicated the problem of having to pay a toll for to pass through the through the the, through the desert that that's how i looked at that scene so i looked at it as boba fett was just a conduit for this thing that was inevitably going to happen because if you remember in the previous episodes like they were picking them off like like you stepping on ants you know what i mean like it wasn't it wasn't you know what i mean so i i felt like boba fett was just an obstacle preventing the inevitable so I looked at that scene as Boba Fett. Boba Fett is used to losing people. You know what I mean? Like he's used to this because they, they, they shown us this literally in the show when he's a kid. So I felt like it wasn't necessarily meant that he's going to get revenge. I think he will get revenge, but not in the same way. I think you and I think he's getting revenge for. Because at the end of the day, I think if there are more Tuscans still available or still alive, I should say, I think he ultimately he's just trying to give them the leg up they didn't have. I don't think he's intending to be a savior. And I think we know this because at the, in the future, right, or the present, I guess you could say, he's, he's we don't see them. He's nowhere to be found. We don't even know why he's not with them anymore. So, Which I feel like it's going to show uh, some of that at some point in this in the series. Yeah, that's what I I'm hoping. Like, I don't know why they would. I'm skeptical. Yeah, i I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna do it. Um, I I think it was my least favorite episode so far, but I did not dislike it as much as you. I think it was just more kind of neutral with it. It seemed just kind of like a filler episode to me. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, well, let me tell you, man. Online, this this episode is uh, it's going through the ringer. The Power Rangers thing had Danielle and I laughing hysterically. Yeah, I thought it was just when funny. When they pulled up in the multicolor speeders, I was like, yo, look at this. They're about to form Voltron. I what thought it is was, happening? It was stupid, but I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I told Danielle, I was like, if they form Voltron, I'm turning off the TV. If these bikes come together 
and form a giant droid human thing, I'm turning off the TV. Why I'm not, not? going to watch this. I mean, Disney owns Star Wars now. They can do whatever they want. Like, they can do whatever they it. want. Just, yeah. just start adding, just in corporate Pokemon and Star Wars. Yeah. And after, after like the, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. After the Tuscan scene, I, I kind of just felt like the episode kind of took a nosedive. It just, it just, I mean, I agree with Josh that the, the, the fight scene was weird. I'm like, this one man is taking on all these people or this one Wookiee. Like, I get it. Wookiees are strong and that's what it's trying to convey. But like, come on. How did he even get in there? How, how did he get inside? I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, that was the other. They didn't, kinda, they didn't the show you for question. a reason. Yeah, I, I, they didn't I, well, show you because they don't know how he did they it. They don't know either. Yeah, he just he teleported inside. I guess you're supposed to insin- insinuate that like the huts kind of gave him like backdoor codes. Or, I don't know. I just yeah. thought that was kind of wild. And he's just like fighting. And then they drop him in the pit. And then afterwards, like 20 minutes later, he's like, all right, you can leave. He's like, yeah, no, no, hard, no hard feelings. Um, he's like not cool. injured at all. Yeah, he's not injured. No one's hurt. Like, <laughs> I, no yeah, I would hurt. like to see the next episode with Bobo with just like no arms and legs. Yeah, I, I, I legitimately actually did think, though, that he was going to lose an arm. I really did oh, yeah. think that. Yeah. I really did think that was going to happen because, and the reason why is because if you remember the the water the water merchant was like, oh, these people infuse their their body parts with droid parts. So I oh, legitimately thought that Boba Fett was going to get his arm ripped off. I'm sad that they did not have the cojones to do it. I'm really sad because <laughs> let me tell you, can you imagine him waking up from that dream and getting his arm ripped off? That would have been a top ten Jeez. Star Wars moment of all time. That's all I got to say. Yeah. It would have been top ten of all time. That that would be incredible. Missed opportunity. Yeah, that yeah. I, I felt a little burned by this episode. A lot of other people did too. Yeah, I, I'm still I'm still holding it out for the rest of the series. John Favreau has done a lot for us, and Dave Filoni. Yeah, so I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm 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 going to finish this series and watch fair. that episode for sure. Yeah, it's only fair. It's only fair. It wasn't the yeah. worst episode. It just it was yeah, just I'm finish terms- it too. In terms of tone, it was just weird. It was just like, oh, this is a little like this is a little ep- Star Wars episode one with the little chase. I felt like he's episode like, two. Yeah, episode. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. he, the chase through through Mos Eisley or wherever they are, and or was, it's Mos, is it Mos Eisley or is it, it was a uh, similar name? But it was yeah, most, well, wherever they are, the, you know, he's you know, Eisley, driving around. He's like taking turns. I'm like, man, this scene is taking way too long. Holy cow, dude, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah so all, all that to say i i will be watching episode four are you guys gonna watch the next one? Oh, for sure all right yeah absolutely i'm willing to give it a shot i just feel like it's yeah. uh, just the fact like you said like the first two episodes were like great um I, it's it's giving me that it's i'm willing to give it another chance like it would have been different if every episode was just okay so far right um I think that's just part of writing and part of like what we've talked a little bit before is like your first season isn't always going to be your best one, but yes. I think we have such like sure. high expectations with the Star Wars and Disney budgets now, but yeah, I mean, they do I'm have a big to budget. See what happens. They, they do have a big budget that that's a hundred percent right. Um, I, I think, I think the reason why people were just let down is that if you're trying to do a setup episode, I think there was probably more you could have added to the episode and yeah, I, totally. like the speeder chase thing that took too long that took way too long i would even argue the fight with the uh the wookie the the wookie bounty hunter that was a kind of a long scene and then it was met with just the most awkward like apology like literally the huts were like now nah, we're good uh we're sorry 
is a Rancor and we're out. And, and they and leave. Leaving. I thought that was just weird. That's just such a, yeah. I don't know. All right, we'll see. I'll, we'll give them a benefit of doubt. Yeah, uh, that's all I got on that. What about you guys? That's mm. it for me. I'll let you finish, yeah. Let's get out of here then. All right. What do you say? Let's skedaddle. Uh, is that cool what we're going to start saying now? Skadoodle. <laughs> Sk- Let's skadoodle, do. Please don't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, that's it for our show. If you liked what you heard, subscribe so you can stay up to date on all of our content. What if I if didn't like YouTube, what we heard? If you didn't like it, hit the thumbs down. Please leave a comment. We can see if you hit a th- if you thumbs down our video. I want to know why. I want to talk to you. And don't delete it, you baby. If you're still listening, yes. you know you know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> we want to talk to you. We want to have a conversation. <laughs> if you're also on a, a platform that allows it, you can send a rating as well. Most of you are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so those downloads, reviews, and ratings really mean a lot to us. It helps our show to grow. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Bandwagon Fan. We also have Discord on our socials, as well as Facebook and YouTube. You can find episodes wherever you listen to your other favorite podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you in the next one. Bandwagon is hosted by Josh Jimenez, Alex Magosa, and me, AJ. Our show is produced and mixed by me, again. Our theme song is Lush Waves by Taylor Lewin of Underscore Audio. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bandwagon.